You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Bibles, uh, Romans chapter number 15 and verse number 30. Romans chapter 15, verse 30. Now I beseech you, brethren, for the Lord Jesus Christ's sake and for the love of the Spirit that ye strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea, and that my service, which I have for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. The Apostle Paul here is uh, on a, uh, he is in Corinth, and that was the location from which he penned uh, the, uh, this, this treaty, if you would, uh, the book of Romans, and this dissertation, this great doctrinal dissertation uh, that has been given, and he is in Corinth, and he has penned this, and he is writing to the people uh, that were in uh, Rome. Uh, he was, Paul was, uh, he was headed to Jerusalem uh, with an offering that he had collected from the Gentile Christians, and he was then going to take this offering back to these, these, these Jewish Christians who were in great poverty. There was great need, and there was, unfortunately, even within the church during these days, uh, there was there was a uh, a great uh, uh, the there was division uh, and uh, prejudice within the church. Uh, those that were Jews were prejudiced against those that were Gentiles, and uh, it was there was definitely a division. Uh, Paul fought that division. The apostle Peter fought that division, and now as Paul is taking up these these offerings from the the uh, Gentile Christians. It was sort of a multifold purpose. One, it was for the, the Gentile Christians to show genuine charity. You know, it is, it's real charity uh, from the heart when you can give to somebody that does not like you. That's Christian charity. When you sacrifice and their giving was not out of their abundance, their giving was out of their need. Yet they still took up these offerings and Paul was going to take these offerings and he was going to give them to these Jewish believers. Now, these, this uh, offering, it was, it was one way for the, uh, these Gentile Christians to show and to, and to exhibit uh, real Christian charity. Uh, it was also a way uh, for them to, uh, to honor a debt that they had. You know, all of us owe the nation of Israel a debt. We owe Israel a debt. Everything that we have from God came through the nation of Israel. The word of God came through the, the Jewish nation, the Hebrew people. Uh, uh, the the uh, Savior came through uh, the Hebrew people. And, uh, and we, owe, uh, we owe a debt. Uh, 
Paul in the earlier chapters talked about uh, a wild olive branch being grafted into the natural olive tree. What was that? We as Gentiles were grafted in to the natural olive branch, which would have been Israel, and you and I get to be partakers of the commonwealth of Israel, all of the promises, all of uh, the blessings that God had offered, we get to be a partaker of them because of of God working through this little nation. And and the Bible teaches us uh, prophetically, Jacob, when he was blessing uh, his son Isaac, the trickster, Uh, Even though he was tricked uh, and he was the trickster, uh, when Jacob was blessing uh, Isaac in Genesis 27, the Bible says, And let thy mother's sons bow down to thee, cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be he that blesseth thee. Uh, That's why it's so important for us to to, uh, befriend the nation of Israel. Uh, There are blessings that are tied to that. And so... uh, uh, though Jacob's name, uh, or uh, uh, the uh, his name, I, Isaac blessing Jacob, and Jacob's name had not been changed uh, yet to Israel, but it would. But Paul here is now closing uh, this book in these these final chapters, and he makes some uh, some uh, requests for God's people to strive together in prayer for him, and. When we look at this, we, we see that uh, as Paul was, was, was coming to the end of this, this passage, he didn't know what tomorrow held, but he knew who held tomorrow. But one thing he was, he was assured of was that he needed prayer. You know, none of us know what tomorrow holds. But what we do know is we need prayer. We need God's blessings. And Paul here was asking for prayers to God for him. Uh, And who was Paul? Paul was another brother. He was a fellow believer. He was a servant of the Lord. And so this prayer, it was requested. He was asking God's people to strive together, to pull together, to fight together against the common enemy. Uh, And and, uh, as he was doing so, he he was asking them to pray for him. And, you know, we, we know that we have a common enemy, and the common enemy is not another person. You know, First uh, Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Ephesians 6, 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so there is a battle that all of us are facing. And Paul here was asking uh, the people of God to pray for him so he could accomplish the purposes of God in his life. And so uh, tonight, I want to just speak to you on the subject, striving together. Striving together. You know, as God's people, we should all be pulling together in prayer one for another. We should, we all know that we need prayer. I know I need prayer. 
And with that, I covet your prayers. People will send me a text, Pastor, praying for you today. And that does my heart good. And you know, when you know somebody is praying for you, that is, that's an encouragement. Uh, that, that helps you know that somebody else is thinking about you. Somebody else is recognizing uh, that you have needs. And that is, that's a blessing. You know, we don't have to share all of our laundry in this life. Uh, but we all can say, hey, listen, I need prayer. I need prayer. And here, Paul was asking God's people to pray. And tonight, that's what I'm asking for God's people to pray. Striving together. So we're going to look at several things to this, this evening that we can strive together in prayer for. And let's pray. Father, we are thankful. God, you have been so good to us, and we don't deserve it. We don't deserve the grace. We don't deserve your gifts. We don't deserve the bounty that you have supplied for us. Uh, Lord, the, the wonderful life that we have, the, the opportunities that you have given to us, Lord, we are, we are so thankful for them. And now, Lord, as we go through this day and this time in our, in our country's life, in our church's life, our family's lives, uh, there are different needs that, are, that are, are very evident. And I pray that as your people... We wouldn't just be observant that there are needs, but God, may we be a people that truly strive together in prayer. And so help us uh, tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. We, we see several things here that Paul was asking the people to pray for. And as we are looking at these things that he was praying for, I believe that these are all things that we can pray uh, for one another in these areas. Number one, uh, we see that there was a need uh, for protection. In verse number 31, he said that I may be, del be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea. And what he was saying was, I need, I need prayer for protection from those who are against us who are against us. And he is throwing it all into uh, the nation. And, and you know, our, our president is condemned for being uh, a nationalist and, and being concerned about the nation that we live in. There's nothing wrong with being a nationalist. Uh, you see it all through the Word of God, uh, how much emphasis is placed on the different nations. And it's not saying that one nation is better than an, another nation, but there is a lot of emphasis uh, on that and here Paul is just uh, referring back as as Moses referred back to to his own home people his nation if you would and so he is he is saying here that he may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea now Paul had experienced great peril at the hands of unbelievers but his peril was not only at the hands of his, his own, uh, the unbelievers. The peril was also at the hands of those who were his own countrymen. And Paul understood something about the, about the, uh, uh, the attacks. Uh, his attacks were not just spiritual attacks. His attacks were physical attacks. He had been beaten he had been imprisoned. He had been uh, a man who had, who had endured uh, great affliction on many occasions. But Paul uh, was an individual that recognized that there was danger in his life. And, you know, uh, we might not have uh, a, a group of people like uh, Paul was facing that was trying to take his life. But we do have people that are against what we believe. 
and they are against us for what we stand for. Uh, why? Because we're in a spiritual battle. There is a warfare that is going on. Now, Paul had been warned not to go to Jerusalem. Take your Bibles, go back to Acts chapter 20. In Acts chapter 20, uh, there was a, prof, a prophet by the name of uh, Agabus, uh, and we see it in, in Acts chapter 20, 22, and then also in chapter 26. But uh, let's go to Acts chapter 20, first of all, look at verse number 16, Acts chapter 20 and verse 16. The Bible says, For Paul had determined to sail by Ephesus because he would not spend time in Asia, for he hasted, if it were possible for him, to be at Jerusalem the day of Pentecost. And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came to Asia, after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations, which befell me by the lying in wait of the Jews. So his own people were lying in wait to have him killed. Verse 20, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance towards God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall be Follow me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. And now behold, uh, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. So here we see Paul being warned of the Holy Spirit that when he would get to Jerusalem, that afflictions abode him. Afflictions were waiting for him. Yet, he was not going to allow the knowledge of the danger that was before him stop him from fulfilling God's plan for his life. You know, he understood the need for protection. He understood that. You know what we need to be praying one for another is for protection. We don't know what spiritual battle is befalling somebody. We don't know what danger is before them. And as we come before the Lord, it ought not just be for, for our needs and for our comfort and for our desires that we may obtain things that we want. We ought to be coming on behalf of other people. And Paul was recognizing, listen, uh, I understand that there is a great uh, uh, danger in me fulfilling the will of God. God. He said, but these things don't move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. He was saying, listen, my life is God's. And he was willing to spend it and to lose it for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, that was something he needed prayer about. He needed prayer for that protection. Uh, he needed prayer uh, that God would just uh, watch over him. And he was asking the Lord uh, to, uh, to give him that, uh, that protection. Uh, the prophet Agabus, there we go, in Acts chapter 21. Acts chapter 21, let's skip over there, if you would. And verse number 10, Acts chapter 21, verse 10 and as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. 
And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his hands and feet and said, Thus saith the Holy Ghost, so shall the, uh, so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver, unto him, uh, deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. You see, uh, there were things that were in Paul's uh, immediate future that were dangerous. The believers, the unbelievers, the religious, the heathen, but there were perils of humanity. And Paul needed the believers to strive together with him and for him in prayer. We need to be, we need to be coming before God one for another in prayer for protection, number one. Number two, for divine providence, for providence. Go back to Romans chapter 15. Back in our text, Romans chapter number 15, we find here that Paul was asking God uh, for and the people of God to pray for him that the will of God would be done in his life. Uh, look back at uh, chapter 15, verse 31. Uh, the Bible says that I may be delivered from them that do not believe in Judea and that my service, service which I have for Jerusalem may it be accepted of the saints. You see, uh, he had a job to do, something that God had uh, directed him to do with this offering. Now he was, he was trying to fulfill it. You know, you and I cannot do God's work in our own power. We need, we need divine providence. We need God to be not just aware of, but engaged in our lives. We need we need. God to be uh, involved in our life and prayer here. He was praying for providence uh, that his service, which he had for Jerusalem, may be accepted of the saints. Uh, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? And, and here, Paul was saying, listen, uh, I've got a, the, the will of God in my life, and I want to fulfill that will of God in my life. I want to do the job that God has called me to do. And, and Paul, as an apostle, he had been given many different opportunities and many different jobs to do. All of them revolved around the gospel. All of them revolved around the uh, the honoring and glorying, uh, glorifying of God, but with that, it was helping the people of God. Uh, in chapter uh, 15 there, or chapter 20 and verse 20, uh, we see how he kept back nothing uh, for uh, that was uh, profitable for them, uh, and, and and that was that was uh, uh, so uh, so uh, vital there. But he was trying to uh, to accomplish the will of God in his life. Paul here was not talking about the will of God. Paul was doing the will of God, and he needed prayer. You know, we don't need the prayer of the saints just to talk about the will of God. We, we don't need anybody to pray for us so we can sit around the couch or the coffee table and talk about God's will. But we do need the power of God to do God's will. And that divine providence, God's help. Uh, Paul was, was, was 
trying to accomplish the will of God in his life. Uh, James put it this way in James chapter 1, verse 22 to 25. He said, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, uh, looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. And Paul was concerned about fulfilling the will of God in his life, and that was necessary for God's people to pray for him. For him to be able to fulfill the plan of God, the work of God in his life. It was a spiritual battle. When we look at uh, many of the books uh, that Paul penned, uh, we see how his focus always revolved around the will of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Uh, we see in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Uh, 2 Timothy 1 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Romans 1 verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 9, for I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. What do we find? He was, he was recognizing God's call on his life, and he was consumed with fulfilling God's will. He needed prayer for that to be the case. You know, this afternoon had the uh, the, the blessing, just the opportunity to eat, din- eat lunch with some of our seniors. Mrs. Brown and I, we were driving home and coming back to church, I told her, I said, we just were in the presence of greatness. People who have served God faithfully decade after decade after decade after decade. People who had served the Lord longer than I've been alive. Just faithfulness. You know, that did not happen on accident. That happened because they they understand that God has a will for their lives. And they're following it. And I'm so thankful for that. It's just such an encouragement and a blessing. Uh, but, but what we recognize here, Paul was, was seeking uh, prayer for protection. Uh, Paul was seeking uh, prayer for providence uh, so he could fulfill the will of God. Uh, Paul was praying here and seeking the prayers of the people of God. Uh, thirdly, for productivity. Productivity. There was a job to do. Being busy does not mean we are productive. We can be busy about a lot of good things and not get the main thing done. You know, as a church, we have to keep the main thing the main thing. What's the main thing? Glorifying God 
winning the lost, edifying the believer, and discipling. Those are those when we look at big picture, that's that is the the mission. It's not about how nice of chairs we have or the condition of our buildings or our property. Those are those are important. They're tools to utilize. But it's not about the infrastructure. It's about the mission. And as a church family, we can't lose focus and say, well, you know what, uh, other things are going on and that's good. No, we all need to be productive. And you know, if we're going to be productive in the cause of Christ and accomplishing God's divine plan of providence in our life, and we are going to be fulfilling that, uh, we need to be praying one for another because all of us can be sidetracked. All of us can be discouraged. All of us can be sidelined. Uh, all of us can, can and allow something in our own life to just derail us. You know, we can be derailed by good things. I wish I could tell you how many families over the last 28 years of ministry, 27 years of ministry, that I have seen fall away from God over Little League Baseball. Now, I'm not against Little League Baseball. But it's amazing how a good thing becomes so consuming and practices and games are always on Wednesdays and they're always on Sundays that used to not be the, the situation but it is now and we see how families will 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 be so excited. And I'm not against the boys playing ball or the girls playing ball. I'm not against that. But it's something that is good that becomes too important. And when we start sacrificing God's plan for our own plan, we get derailed and, and we see the, the, the believer being sidetracked and sidelined and, and often the enti their entire life and family destroyed. And, and there can be many other good things just like that, nothing wrong or sinful, uh, but it becomes sin because of what it replaces. And when we allow things or other events to cause us to not be where we're supposed to be, then that's sin. You know, when, when some other event is going on and it's church time, I'm sorry, but uh, Sunday has been God's day since first century. It was already on the calendar, amen? I'm sorry, I've got something on the calendar. Well, they won't understand. Who cares? Next time they, they only want to, to invite you to something that always has to be on Sundays, start inviting them on Monday. You know what they're going to tell you? I, yeah, that just doesn't work. I've got, I've got work to go to. Or I've got this other... They'll have no, other people have no problem telling us when it doesn't work in their schedule, but they always expect the believer to, to disregard their schedule for God. Amen. You see, we, we, we have to be productive. 
Uh, the Lord has left us here as stewards, amen? It's not stewardship month, uh, but we are stewards. We are stewards of our time. We are stewards of our talents. We are stewards of our treasure, uh, our possessions, and our life. It's, it belongs to God, and you and I need to be living our life for Him. We need to be a good steward of it, and if I'm not being productive for God's will for my life, then I'm not fulfilling what He has created me to do. And what do I need? I need prayer. Uh, I need people coming alongside praying for me that I will fulfill and be productive in the, the call of God, the will of God for my life. And you know, all of us need that. All of us need that. You know what we find? If we are going to be productive, there's going to be accountability. That's why it's so important for every one of us to have a job. We were just talking at lunch today. And uh, one of the, one of the uh, ladies were saying, you know, sometimes, uh, sometimes when I don't feel like being at church, it's the responsibility that gets me there. How many of you have ever felt like staying home instead of coming to church? Absolutely, I feel like that. He said, "Well, pastor, you can't feel like that. You're the pastor. I get tired too." All of us do. You know, having, if we are going to be productive, we have to be accountable. We need to be accountable to one another. Praying for one another. Hey, been praying for you this week. Hey, I'll see you tonight at church. You know what that does? That helps lend into being productive. Lends into that faithfulness and productivity. There was a job to do. There was an offering that had been taken. People were in need. And, and it wasn't good enough just to know about it. But he had to complete the mission. He had to deliver the offering. He had to meet the urgent needs of the believers in Jerusalem. And to endeavor to bring unity between the Jewish and the Gentile believers... Paul recognized that he needed to finish this, this, uh, this job. These racial tensions had to be uh, removed. Uh, and the Jews here uh, needed to see the love, the care, the compassion of the Gentile people. And, and here we, we see that uh, it's, it's important for us to be in prayer one for another. You see, prayer was needed for protection. Prayer was needed for providence. Prayer was needed for pr productivity, but prayer was needed for purpose. For purpose. Look with me back, Romans 15 and verse 32. Romans 15, 32. He said that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. You know what? Doing the will of God brings joy. It brings joy. When you are engaged doing the will of God, there's joy. There's something that people can't take away from you. When you are, are partnering together with the Lord to accomplish His will, that just brings joy. Just, just think about the time, last time you knocked on somebody's door. Well, it's been a while probably. Uh, but you, you, or you shared the good news of the gospel with somebody. And, and here their eyes opened up and, uh, and they trusted Christ. 
I mean, what a, what a blessing that that is. And we've had several people this week that, that have been saved, uh, just people being out. Uh, Tuesday this last week, we were out, and uh, we went door knocking and uh, just, just to see how people are responding. And, man, it was open. I mean, it was just completely open, and people were not uh, uh, concerned about it. Uh, and so uh, we were out soul winning. We got to see uh, uh, a young man saved. And, uh, and then uh, Saturday had another, uh, another uh, man that got saved uh, just as a result of the sign ministry. But, but what a blessing. I mean, uh, people are getting saved. And when you get to partner together and you see God working and somebody's life changed, man, there's joy. There's joy. There's a fulfillment. There's a joy that's there uh, that is, that is uh, uh, so, uh, so enjoyable. It's just a blessing to be able to see. You know, the Lord wants us to have joy. Let me say that again. The Lord wants us to have joy. He wants us to have joy. And the Lord wants us to have joy in 2020. The, the Lord wants us to have joy in COVID. Boy, that one just died, didn't it? Ha, has God fallen off the throne? Has he, has he lost his ability to, uh, to meet our needs? Is God still good? Then let's have, we should have joy. God wants us to have joy, and in tribulation, God wants us to have joy. In our service for Him, God wants us to have joy. Fulfilling God's will affects you, and it affects others. Uh, he, he stated here uh, that I may come unto you with joy by the will of God, and may with you be refreshed. Uh, as we are fulfilling the will of God, the purposes of God, what we'll find is that we have joy, uh, that we are refreshed, but we will also be able to refresh somebody else. That's why it's so important for uh, when, you, when you come to church, come early and stay late. Let me say that again. Come early and stay late. How else are you going to build relationships? The door, you come in late, and then when the invitation starts, you walk back out those doors, and then, you, then people will say, well, the church just isn't friendly. Or I just don't know anybody, or I don't have any friendships. Stick around. He that hath friends must show himself friendly. And, and part of your being at church and my being at church isn't just so we can sit and be preached to or taught uh, or just to sing. Part of it is so you and I can encourage one another. That's part of God's plan as we are uh, together in his house. And, and Paul said, I want to come to you. And he said that I, I want you to pray that I'm able to come to you. And that when I come, uh, that I'll come with joy. And that also that I will be refreshed with you. So that refreshment, it was, uh, it was inclusive. So fulfilling God's will, will affects, uh, it affects us. And may with you be refreshed. The word refresh means to regain, to regain. That means that you have lost something and you are going to regain. 
It means to restore. It means to revitalize. It means to resuscitate, revive, replenish, repair, reinvigorate, uh, uh, reinvigorate, uh, to revive. Uh, Paul is just saying, listen, we need need to come back together and be refreshed. And uh, that part of going out into this world, uh, we are drained. We're drained. You know, Sunday rolls around and Wednesdays roll around and God's people start coming. I mean, I've got the blessing. I'm around God's people all the time. But as you start walking in the doors, man, my soul is refreshed. I pray that's the same for you. You see, when we gather back together, this being refreshed, it helps us have the strength to go back out and fight those spiritual battles. We stay away and we lose some of that. We're not being replenished. We are, we are losing that, that strength. We are losing that courage. We start losing. Just think about it. The longer you're away from God's people, how much less boldness you have. But you get back in God's house and there's an amen. There's a praise the Lord. There's there's that strength that is just coming back in. And yes, uh, our faith is renewed and strengthened. And what a blessing that that is. And Paul was saying, listen, I need you to strive together in prayer for me. And the reality is, uh, we could all say, we need to strive together in prayer for me. I need prayer. You need prayer. All of the brethren, we need prayer. And this week, Uh, We all need to be recognizing that we need to be in prayer one for another so we can fulfill God's plan for, for our existence down here. What a blessing it is to get to serve the Lord. Paul said, he stated that he did not want to become a castaway. If Paul worried about being a castaway... How much more should we worry? If he felt like he was susceptible to becoming a castaway, how much more vulnerable are we? We need prayer. We need to be striving together, corporately as church family, praying one for another. On Wednesday nights, we've been going through working on our prayer list. Spent three weeks working on those prayer lists. I pray that that list grows. And you know what we should be doing? We should be filling in names. People that we can strive together and pray alongside, pray with, pray for. Paul recognized that prayer was needed. Prayer for protection, prayer for divine providence, prayer for productivity, prayer for purpose, and lastly, prayer for the presence of God. We need God's presence. He said in verse 33, 
Now the God of peace be with you all. Amen. The God of peace be with you. Not just peace be with you, the God of peace. The person of God. We are too quick to just want God to give us everything. And Paul here was saying, the God of peace be with you. We need God. We need His presence in our lives. You know, when we have His presence in, his, in our life, we, we can make it. We can make it. I'll fail you, but God won't. Maybe somebody, someone you sit alongside and across from, someone who you look to as a mentor, they may fail you, but God will never fail you. And though the circumstances in life may change and the problems may seem insurmountable, we have a God, if He is with us, we can make it. The presence of God. The one who brings love, the one who brings joy, the one who brings peace. You know, turmoil is everywhere. It's everywhere. And if we walk away from God's house, it's not going to bring less stress or problem or drama in our life because people are everywhere. The best of people are people at best. And in our weaknesses and in our failures, we just have to recognize we're in a spiritual battle and we need the Lord. And all of us, collectively, we need God to work in our lives. We need His help. And in prayer together, what we'll find is that prayer will not just help that individual, that prayer will help us because we're spending more time with Him. So, striving together. May Bible Baptist Church, all of our people, may we strive together for one another. Father, I pray that you'd help us. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for just being able to see some things that uh, you gave to us in your word, and I pray that it would, uh, would impact us and help us. I pray that you would just strengthen us as we uh, live for you. May our faith grow. Uh, may we be a help and encouragement one to another as we endeavor to serve you. And so I pray that you just watch over us tonight. Give us guidance, direction. Help us, Lord, to uh, make the decisions you'd want us to make, please. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together as the instruments play. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, the altar's open. You respond. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior. The pastors are down front. Let me encourage you to come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Watching online, maybe tonight. If you don't know Christ as your... Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org.
That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.